In our study of the Sermon on the Mount, we enter into a new phase of our study, beginning with verse 17 in Matthew chapter 5. So far, we have studied the Beatitudes, statements of blessing, in verses 3 through 12. Those teachings communicate to us some of the fundamental qualities, characteristics, attitudes of those who are citizens in the kingdom of Christ, living under his authority. Recently, in verses 13 through 16, we were concerned with the influence that is exerted by those citizens, the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Now let me take a few moments to introduce the next section. Let's think about this. Jesus was a first century Jew, and he was teaching first century Jews. All right. Jesus did not just come along and echo the prevailing religious teaching of the day. He didn't just fall comfortably into the traditions, the status quo of his time. In fact, Christ's teaching was in many ways entirely different from that which the scribes and Pharisees advanced. So here you are, a typical first century Jew. All your life you have listened to the scribes and Pharisees, and you have adopted their interpretations, their traditions and rituals. Try to imagine yourself as a typical first century Jew. And your assumption has always been that these men were teaching you things based on the authority of the Old Testament scripture. But wait a minute, was that true? Was the religious system of Judaism as taught by the scribes and Pharisees, was that exactly according to the word of God in the Old Testament? The answer is no. Let's be sure we understand this. The scribes and Pharisees didn't just teach people the word of God out of the Old Testament. They quoted Old Testament passages, and they started with various statements out of the law. Then they factored in their interpretations. They added their traditions. They changed and corrupted the law of Moses. So many first century Jews who thought they were following the law of God, were actually following the traditions of men. Then Jesus arrives on the scene. His preaching and his teaching is, in many respects, entirely different from what you've been hearing. Remember, you're a first-century Jew, and as a first-century Jew, you listen to Jesus and there may be some initial reaction of confusion. You wonder, is Jesus against the law of God in the Old Testament? Why is his teaching so different from the scribes and Pharisees? And the question surely occurred to the Jewish people, is Jesus changing the law of Moses? So we come now to Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. 
Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For surely I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota nor a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. In these words, the Lord accomplishes at least two things. One, he explains that he is not against the law of God written in the Old Testament. In fact, he came to fulfill it, not destroy it. Two, he affirms that his teaching is different from the instruction given by the scribes and Pharisees. With all that in mind, Let's continue now at verse 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I don't regard this as difficult. It is a, a rather simple statement, Jesus said. I did not come to destroy the Old Testament system I came to fulfill it. To first century Jews, it may have sounded like Jesus came to destroy the Old Testament system, to take issue with it, denounce it, strike it down. Jesus said, no, I didn't come to destroy it. I came to fulfill it. Now, here's what will help us understand. There are two words here, destroy and fulfill. Destroy means to destroy utterly, to overthrow completely. Fulfill means to make replete, level up, execute, or finish. So again, we see a simple point here. Jesus did not come to utterly wipe out or destroy the old law as if it were something wicked or unholy. No, he came to finish it to do what it pointed to, to bring that system to its intended and proper completion. All right, here's something else that will help us study this. During the earthly life of Jesus, consider what he said and what he did with regard to the old law. Did Jesus ever say anything critical or condemning of God or God's law in the Old Testament? Not a word. Did Jesus ever tell anybody that the Old Testament was insignificant, irrelevant, or unholy? Never. Did Jesus ever set aside or make light of the predictions made by the prophets? No. In fact, he fulfilled those predictions. Did Jesus, remember he was a first century Jew, did Jesus ever disobey the actual law of God in the Old Testament? 
Not a single time. He kept it perfectly. So here's our conclusion. Jesus did not utterly destroy the law or tear it down. He didn't regard it as something unworthy. He fulfilled it. He brought it to its necessary and proper consummation. He lived by the law himself, never violating it. He commanded the Jews to obey it while it was still in force. He fulfilled the prophecies of the law. He quoted from the Old Testament. You see, Jesus didn't come to destroy it. He came to fulfill it. He brought that Old Testament system to its intended end. Paul wrote in Romans 10 and verse 4, Christ is the end of the law. Here's one way to look at it. The old law was like a bill or a debt that had to be paid before it could be put aside. Jesus, by his perfect life, his death, burial, and resurrection, marked that bill paid in full. He didn't come to destroy it. He came to fulfill it. He stamped it paid in full so that it could then be set aside. This is why it says in Luke 24, 44, that after the resurrection, Jesus said to the disciples, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. And in Acts 13, 9, Paul said, and when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree. So let me repeat myself. We need to understand this. The old law was like a bill or a debt that had to be paid before it could be put aside. Jesus, by his perfect life, his death, burial, and resurrection, marked that bill paid in full. He didn't come to destroy it. He came to fulfill it, to bring it to its completed end. He stamped it paid in full so it could be set aside. Verse 17, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Okay, verse 18. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota nor a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Well, this just explains further what we've been talking about. Old Testament law did not pass away until all of it had been fulfilled in the minutest detail. Barnes in his commentary says, everything else must change. The very earth and heaven must pass away, but the law of God shall not be taken away till its design has been accomplished. That's right. Talking about the law of God given to the Jews in the Old Testament, only when that law was fulfilled by Christ in every little detail was it marked paid and then set aside. It wasn't terminated until its purpose was fully complete. Not one iota, 
not a jot or dot or tittle was annulled until all of it reached fulfillment. The word jot is literally a transliteration of a Hebrew character. It is the smallest letter in the 22 characters of the Hebrew alphabet. In the King James, it is translated jot. In the New American Standard, it is translated smallest letter. It is a tiny character that looks a bit like an apostrophe. But if you think that's tiny, the tittle is even more so. In Hebrew, two letters look almost identical. If it were not for an additional tail on the end of one of those letters, you would swear they were the same. In fact, they would be. The only difference is that tiny additional part of the letter and that very small part of one letter is called the tittle. Jesus is saying, I so believe in the Old Testament that I say to you, not even the dot above the I or the cross on the T shall pass away until it has all been fulfilled. Of course, when the old law was fulfilled, all fulfilled in every detail, it was set aside for Jesus, according to Hebrews 7.22, has become a surety of a better covenant. So here we are. Do not think, Jesus said, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota nor a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. We're at verse 19. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. For, whoso, uh, for whosoever, I'm sorry, but whosoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. This goes right along with the two previous verses and further demonstrates that Jesus wasn't against the actual law of God in the Old Testament. As long as the law of the Old Testament was in force prior to the death of Christ, Jesus never did encourage or condone disobeying the law, did he? No, Jesus obeyed that law himself and he taught others to obey it while it was in force. In Matthew 19, 16 through 19, there is this narrative. And behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus told his Jewish brethren to keep the law of God in the Old Testament. Now, the main point of this verse is the kind of person 
the kind of person who would disobey the law of God in the Old Testament and urge others to break it, that kind of person wouldn't rank very high in the kingdom. Jesus uses accommodative language. His point is, you should obey the law of God you were under. And in this case, if you disobey the law of God in the Old Testament, don't expect for me to hold you in high esteem. And let me say this, Jesus in this verse is upholding a principle, a principle that has always been valid and is solid today. When you have instruction from God, the right response is always to obey. Has that ever changed? No. So whether we're talking about the Jews under Old Testament law or the gospel of the New Testament, anytime there is instruction from God, man's response should be to obey. Verse 20, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, do you remember how I introduced our study? You are a first century Jew. You hear Jesus teach things you've never heard, and you wonder, is he destroying the Old Testament? He says he isn't, but he came to fulfill it. Yet, much of what Jesus taught was not identical to the teaching of the scribes and Pharisees. And Jesus, remember, did not fall comfortably into their human traditions and creeds. The scribes and Pharisees had corrupted the law of God. They went beyond Scripture. They developed their own human system of religion. So whatever righteousness they had was their own, not God's. Now Jesus is saying here in verse 20, the righteousness I came to establish is not the same as that which is advanced by your religious teachers. Jesus is saying in verse 20, if you follow me, if you obey my instruction, your righteousness will exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. See, Jesus didn't just teach rituals. He didn't place emphasis on following human tradition. What Jesus taught was designed to change hearts and therefore change behavior. The scribes and Pharisees quoted the Old Testament, but their emphasis was on externals, rituals, right behavior on the outside without the necessary purity of heart on the inside. Jesus is saying, if you will follow me, obey my instruction, you will be pure and right from the inside out. And that will go deeper, higher than the legalistic religion of the scribes and Pharisees. Listen to our text, please. Do not think, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, 
but to fulfill them. For truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Brother in Christ, writer, preacher, Paul Earnhardt wrote this. Jesus' attitude toward the Old Testament scriptures now becomes unmistakably clear because they are his father's words. Far from being abolished or subverted, they are to be fulfilled to the last minute detail. And even more significantly, he was to fulfill them. We appreciate you being with us during this YouTube video. Next, we will look at the subject of anger, not as taught by the scribes and Pharisees, but as taught by Jesus Christ in Matthew 5, 20 through 26. Thank you.